This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms that you need to call attorney John Dillon. And if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Give him a call at 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. And don't forget to tune in to our YouTube live stream and at youtube.com slash gun owners. And do us a favor, hit the like and subscribe button and tell as many friends as you can. And Cover Your Asp Week, ASP, uh, starts on Tuesday. Uh, there's still some space in the intro class on Thursday. And, of course, the webinar and happy hour still have uh, seats. So uh, learn with the best online or at a live training class. Links to register are at the gunownersradio.com website. All right. We have uh, all kinds of cool stuff happening on the on the show today. We have uh, Melissa back in the studio. She's going to do a... A gear review, right? Gear review on Chameleon Bags by Smith & Wesson. So, Melissa, you had a cool experience yesterday, speaking of your gear reviews. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, no. No. Or, uh, okay, no. so yesterday we had one of our really cool shooting socials. Oh, okay, okay. And what happened? Um, I taught this one young lady, and she was- Kathy. If you're listening Kathy. out there, Kathy <laughs> says she listens every week, and yes. she was a super sweet lady. She had the same mask as I had on. It was the Gotta Pack Mac. So I'm like, oh, hey, I like your mask. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I was the winner of the um, giveaway for Gotta Pack's mask. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> what a small world. That so one so of our awesome listeners came to our shooting social yesterday. That really is cool. awesome. Yeah. Hey, I want to throw a little uh, information out on buying a ticket yep. to support a police officer. Okay. It's real easy to do where it says support a cop, hit support a cop, and then hit, what, Thursday. Yep. And then it'll tell you to buy a ticket. That's how you do it. Then you, you click on that. It's not like you're signing up, but you're buying a ticket for that event. Uh, and then you'll be able to buy as many as you'd like to help support a police officer. It yeah, for, for Cover Your Asp right. Week, you can uh, support a cop. You, you, even if you can't attend, you can donate and make yeah. sure that a, a Wendy and I went totally them. crazy last week. She bought four tickets. I bought four. I bought four. So, yeah, so we're working. I think we – how many more we got to do? I don't know. How many more tickets we got? We, we're, we, good. we're good. We're good. Did there we, we go. do a good job? Yeah, we did a great job. All right, my buddy Rich, he finally got in. He bought four. Yeah. So that's awesome. So we supported what? Eighteen police officers. Eighteen. Three. Wow. Three. Oh, three. <laughs> you got more than three. <laughs> that's a big we difference. Got three. You had to buy get more than three police officers. I bought a bucket load of tickets. <laughs> we we sponsored. We're sponsoring three police officers. All right, free training cool. from all right. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to throw that no, out. No, no, not at all. And we have in the studio Ursula Williams. How Hi. are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. You and I just had, uh, we did, uh, we're doing back-to-back interviews here. Yep. She came from the warm, the warm, uh, the cold side to the warm side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we pulled up in a studio over there and, mm-hmm. and she interviewed me and- Yep. And uh, it was fun, wasn't it? It was a fun interview. No, well, you're it was. On, you're on K-Praise, right? Uh, no, no. No, it's for my podcast, which oh. is uh, Basic American, and oh, based on the Phoenix. Oh. So I decided to take a couple, you know, vacation days, hang out out here. So All right. why not? Yeah, we went. We, we invited her on the show, and so she said, San Diego. All right. Well, you know. yeah. I'll drive. How can you <laughs> say no to San Diego? Well, it's kind of cloudy today. Yeah. Nah. yeah, it is. But it's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's still pretty. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> so last week, Joe and I were out at Front Sight. Joe's going to talk about Front Sight, but we had uh, we both did our four. You did the shotgun class. I did, which you're going to go into detail about. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I did the pistol class, and and uh, I, I did three of the four days. Laura did all four days. She, you left her there. I left her there. You, you want to know? You want to know why? why? You want to know what I was doing when she was taking the test on the last day? What I was uh, so the the Buick that I love very much that I drive overheated so i had to take it into the shop and then over uh, there uh, over in pahrump okay oh my goodness so uh that was all fine i wasn't really looking forward to you know getting the car repaired but whatever um we had to get it repaired so the lady came out and she said hey don't worry we'll get you on the road today we have the parts everything's gonna be fine i said oh, okay great well then i'm just gonna walk over to one of the there's a casino maybe it's about a 15 minute walk away um and uh you know grab some iced tea and you know grab a little snack and then i'll walk back walk back i got hit by a car no you did not so <laughs> i got hit by a car go oh, physically yeah um it was uh, i don't even remember you, you did well yeah well yeah right <laughs> were you in the crosswalk <laughs> no uh there was no crosswalk it was like this side road and they had gravel on on either side and i crossed the road and uh, somebody, some, I, I, some meth head, man. It was like some, <laughs> you know, run? some old, like faded red Ford Taurus. He turned. Now I should have crossed the road on the other side so that I was walking facing traffic, but I crossed the road on this other side, and uh, so I was walking with traffic. He took the turn too tightly, and his right, no, I'm sorry, his passenger side. Uh, bumper and fender hit my left leg and my left hip and i just went whoop and landed flat on the ground on the gravel and laid there and took inventory of life for yeah <laughs> oh my god and so i finally I roll over look down the street and he didn't even stop i don't even oh, think he slowed oh. down <laughs> oh. so i was like all right i'm about 50 yards away from from the cashier at the uh, at the at the dealer if i make it and you're good yeah because i don't have time for this Who how do you th- feel you know i f- totally fine totally fine you just bounced yeah you walked it off i walked it off <laughs> rubbed a little dirt in it and then that was probably just as well anyway on the last day i heard laura did pretty well uh she did great she did really really well she did she passed she did really really great she had a lot of fun she was so uh happy her her little uh 380 her glock uh 42 um, and she kicked butt. It she was doing her great. well. It yeah, oh yeah. She well. did. She was doing great all weekend. She was killing it all weekend, and she did good on the test. Um, and we got on the road in time. We got home. It was funny. We were pulling into the driveway, and she said, oh, "I'm so glad everything worked out so perfectly today." Oh, she didn't know you'd been hit. No, she knew. And I said, oh. "Well, honey, I got hit by a car today, so <laughs> I'm not sure everything worked out 
perfectly. So when's the last time you got hit by a car? You know, that's my first. There you it's go. The first bucket time. List. Yeah. Bucket well, it, list. It's funny you say that, Dave. That's exactly what I said. I was like, I got a. <laughs> this is the most messed up bucket. I and think. you didn't get on social media. That's a bummer. If somebody could have seen you flying through the air with the greatest of ease. Yeah. Well, so uh, my, uh, I think I was telling my sister about it right after. And she said, "Well, do you think that the, uh, do you think that the dealership has uh, security cameras?" I was like, God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anybody. I don't want that floating all over the internet. Whatever, I'm sure. See, and you're, I mean, I'm an extremely, you know, graceful person. I think you've all noticed absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> you you could be dancing with the stars, no problem. Yeah. So so now your back is perfect, right? Yeah. Because remember you had all that problem with your back. Now it's in excellent shape. Yeah. You don't have to worry about That's it. That's great. I okay, can you know. That's great. And did you get an award for that? I mean, come on. Laura uh, should get you something. Something. I know a back rub or something. Yeah, you know when we um, when I was a little kid playing uh, football, we had a fan that used to watch us all the time, and we had a really good running back. And this running back was running down the sidelines, going for a touchdown. And this father, this fan, is running like five yards next to him, running down there with him, yelling, "Go Frank, go Frank, go Frank!" And they used to park cars right next to that guy. Ran right into the car. <laughs> wow! And uh, at the um, banquet at the end of the year they actually gave him a nice little trophy with a car uh, on it oh, so they got nice caved in on so one side that. right that is so funny well hey we're glad you're in good shape and well thank you you're with us today that would have been terrible yeah all right folks hey we have an unbelievably great show for you so make sure you stick around we'll be talking more with in-studio guest ursula williams and orange county gun owners board member Mark Nug- uh, Nugent. Actually, it's Trent Butler's calling in. He's oh, the executive thanks director. A lot. For Messed that all up. Hey, and we will fill us all in on the special election right here on FM 961. I am 1170. The answer. Folks, hey, welcome back to FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This is Gun Owners Radio, and you definitely need to go jump on YouTube and give us a shout out, and uh, we'll be more than happy to talk about you. You can also subscribe right now to the show on YouTube channel, and we'll send you a free pass to 21 Lessons Learned webinar with John Correa. And we are very, very proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10 ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates, offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn more about them at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. All right, again, who is our special guest? <laughs> we have a very cool special guest uh, here in the studio. Um, we were just talking about how uh, she just got done interviewing me, and now I have the uh, pleasure of interviewing her, Ursula Williams. How are you? No, I'm pretty good. And you? I'm fantastic. Now, you came all the way from uh, the beautiful state of Arizona. Yep. You live in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And what do you do out in Phoenix? So I'm a detention officer for one of the largest sher- uh, sheriff's office in, uh, in the county, or basically in the country. And uh, so I've been doing that for over 16 years now. And um, outside of that, which one thing I do all the things, um, but I'm a competitive shooter. So um, I do mostly three gun, which is going to be pistol, rifle, and shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I also do USPSA, um, precision rifle, 
um, pretty much if that's a trigger, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot it and try to compete with it. So now, that's what I do. You grew up, which is awesome. I've seen uh, and read articles. Um, now, you grew up in, in Detroit. Yep. Was there a lot of competitive shooting in Detroit? <laughs> there still hey, is. You want to talk about gang violence? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes. So um. <laughs> talk about Detroit. What was it like growing up in Detroit? So uh, gun-wise, um, there wasn't a lot of gun culture mm-hmm. um, in your standard black household. It just mm-hmm. wasn't one of those scenes that everybody talked about around dinner. Um, then pretty much I got around 16. That's when my family decided to move from Detroit to Arizona. So around that, you know, still getting used to the area, and uh, eventually, when I got into law enforcement, that was when I got into guns. So um, I have a lot of friends who are who are white, and they're like, "Oh, I killed my first deer at like six, seven years old." I'm like, "Nah, man, my first gun experience was was kind of illegal, but um, <laughs> it was not at a deer. I'll tell you that right now." What? Um, but, but was Detroit? I mean, if you if you read, I've never been to Detroit. Mm-hmm. If you read articles and see pictures of Detroit, I mean, they, it looks like a it looks like Beirut. Yes, is are, is that the media blowing things up, or what, what, is it really like that? What's it really like? Detroit, um, growing up was really nice. Um, so, eighties baby. So, um, pretty much it was really nice growing up, and then it kind of started to transform into like, if you've seen the first RoboCop, mm. <laughs> it's pretty much what kind of transform into. Um, just a lot of just just so, social economic problems, mm-hmm. you know, people moving out, houses burning down, neighborhoods are becoming more decrepit. It was just, you know, pretty bad. It's it's horrible. Yeah, it wasn't going up; it was going down. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of started mainly in the mid '90s when a, um, a lot of the industry, the auto industry, started to kind of close there. And mm-hmm. then here you go, you got just crappy little town. Yeah, what are you gonna do with it? You know, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when we stopped making things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. so which was definitely not just horrible for for Detroit, but horrible for the U.S. And nobody can seem to understand that. You know, no. they all think that that has nothing to do with the demise, but it, it truly, truly does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's and I've been to Detroit multiple times, and you're right. I mean, it's I mean, there's areas of Detroit that you don't see that, mm-hmm. but the majority of it, it's it's pretty. Yeah. It's the pretty, neighborhood that I grew up in, oh. um, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Just and when you horrible. went back, when you go back, I bet you it's totally different. Oh man, um, so I went back to you can actually Google Map the neighborhood I grew up in, and it's completely unrecognizable. Wow, from, like it's just that bad. Yeah, like um, it's unrecognizable. Like it's trash. Now. It's straight trash. Oh my gosh, wow. absolutely trash. Um, and it's doesn't seem like it's getting you know better anytime soon yeah. once they start voting out you know a lot of the politicians the ones the life the lifers right they start voting them out and actually putting some new blood in there that's actually going to help the city yeah then you know you're going to see some change Time but until will then tell. yeah yeah well that's just it i mean we but we don't want to get political because that's not what the show is about but you're but you're absolutely right i, I mean i get, mm-hmm. I get com- political all the time <laughs> yeah when you do <laughs> So you moved to Arizona. What was it? Was it like total culture shock? Full blown culture <laughs> shock. Like, Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Have so, you ever been that hot? <laughs> oh my God. So the heat, that was a whole other thing. My The way for me to experience culture is by food. Ah. So like in Detroit, <laughs> I thought Mexican was like Taco Bell. Absolutely. Then I go to Phoenix. I was wrong. My whole life, I was wrong. <laughs> Mexican food is not Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, there's actual like real flavors. And it's good. It's good. Yeah. The food is awesome. 
So you like you don't that know was Mexican food until you get to the San Diego Mexican food. I don't know. Have you had the San Diego Mexican food? Oh man, everybody I says we have the best carne asada burritos. For one thing, well, I don't even eat meat, so that's another thing oh, too. That's a, that's a problem. It's a little bit of a problem. But when I first got down here, I ate everything. I'm like, what is this? Cow tongue? I'll try it. Whatever. Uh, there's sauce uh, on it. Whatever. It's actually, good. I tried everything. You're in luck. The carne asada burritos are delicious. I don't think there's an ounce of meat, so yeah. you should be. <laughs> there is too. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, so uh, before I gave up meat, um, I still, by the way, I still give out steakhouse recommendations. But uh, down in Phoenix, like, there's a couple of, like, you know, not so great neighborhoods. And those are the ones that have all the best tacos, the best chadas, the best churros, all that. I'm like, if you're willing to get there a little before sunset, hey, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so Ari- dangerous. Arizona, a lot of gun owners. So you moved yes. to Arizona, you're 16. Yeah. Um, you know, gun ownership was a little bit different in Detroit. Mm-hmm. What was it like being 16 and like everybody's, you know, had shot their first deer when they were, you know, whatever, a kid yeah. and their people I'm sure were carrying guns openly. Mm-hmm. What was that like seeing that? Um, it was like, I'm trying to think, cause I've, I've seen a whole bunch of movies, but like my entire life. And so I kind of want to put it towards like almost blazing saddle ish, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite movies, but that going from like the city slicker to the Western town, yeah. you know, people open carrying. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? Was it, was it intimidating? Was, no, not at all. Good. Because it was like, what? I'm not doing anything wrong to get shot in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and he keeps his gun in the holster. Half the time they're all revolvers or 1911. Eh, it is what it is. Um, but it was, I don't know. I, I was comfortable, comfortable around it. I didn't yeah. question it. It was like, ah, that's normal. So now when you got into law enforcement, did that mindset change any? No. Cause Probably still, got better. Yeah. It was like, oh, cool. He has a gun. He can protect himself. All right. Cool. All yeah. right. Gotcha. I can dig it. No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with so you. So what was the path to competitive shooting? So, uh, funny story. Um, I ended up, uh, uh, one thing with my agency is that not everybody has issued a gun as soon as they get out the, or into the academy for the detention side. You actually have to apply, like, hey, I want to become what we call weapon certified. So I became a weapon certified officer in 2010, So and I was on a Glock 22, so 40 cal. So I wanted to become a better shooter on that. So I started doing, like, ladies' nights, started practicing, started doing all that type of stuff. And then a guy I was dating at the time, um, he's like, hey, let's go check out a match at, at one of the local ranges. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go check it out. And it was a rifle match. It was, like, right as soon as uh, Obama got in office, because that's when I built my first AR. And, and uh, <laughs> it was a USPSA match, but, but with carbines, with rifles, with ARs. So I was like, this is kind of cool. Hold on, do they have this for pistol? And they're like, of course we do. <laughs> It's on Thursday night. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I showed up on the next Thursday night with my duty gear, my duty gun, and uh, shot my first little, you know, what we call a Thursday night steel match. And there I was hooked. So that evolved into shooting more USPSA stuff and then got into multi-gun. And then there was a guy at the range, uh, pro shooter at the time too. He's like, hey, you need to do three gun. And I'm like, What's Three that? Guys, that just, first of all, sounds expensive. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a poor government employee here. Like, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds super expensive. He's all like, no, no, but you'll be really good at it. So I'm like, all right, let me think about it. So uh, so I start, you know, uh, YouTubing and Googling just all the things that's related to 3Gun. And I'm like, I know I'm not the only chick to actually want to go down this, co- you know, competitive shooter path. I think they you prefer the, the term broads. Broads. So <laughs> Not, not sure. Broads. We're trying to be you know, politically, politically correct here. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, all complaints at one eight hundred Michael Schwartz. One eight hundred Michael Schwartz. 
So I uh so I found a woman's only match in New Mexico. Uh, it was under a girl and a gun. Um, mm-hmm. It was their uh, 3GU, so Three Gun University. So it was a real match, but they were like, we're training. I'm like, but they had a real prize table, trophies, whole nine. The whole thing was real. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I went back and told my buddy um, at the range. And I was like, hey, look, I want to do this match in New Mexico. Um, you know, what I need to do. He's all like, why'd you pick New Mexico? I'm like, I don't know anybody in New Mexico. So, so if I mess up, <laughs> nobody knows who I am. Yeah. So yeah, he's smart. all like, he's all like, okay, I get it. That works. So he trained me for about two months for this match. Cause even though it was a training match, I'm like, if I'm driving to New Mexico anyways, I'm not driving for nothing. I'm getting a trophy. Yeah. I'm getting something. Right. <laughs> so, uh, he trained me up and, uh, went shot this match and I finished second in my division. First time ever. Wow. So, Holy cow. Oh, so you're totally so, hooked. Oh, yeah. hook, line, I was, sinker. I was so hooked. I'm like, oh. so every day of that match, we, uh, I chatted on the phone with, uh, his name was Mike, and uh, it pretty much he just talked me, just mentored me the entire match. So at the end of the match, and I told him, you know, how I finished and all that type of stuff, uh, he was all like, all right, cool. Now we, now, now we have to find you another one. Now we gotta, you got to keep going. And I was already hooked. I was already looking for other matches driving home from that one. Cause that was like a Jeez. nine hour drive. I'm like, yo, what else is an area? You know, yeah. what else can I, you know, shoot? And now you, you got to buy two more guns. Yeah. So <laughs> See, that was had, the expensive part. That was another part. thing too. I'm like, man. So, uh, Mike was actually really cool. He loaned me his shotgun, which was a Benelli M2 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he loaned me that for my first couple of matches until I was able to afford a Benelli M2. But his was like woodland camo. So when I called Benelli to make the order, I'm like, hey, uh, I want you know this woodland camo M2. Excuse me. And uh, they're like, well, you know, Woodland's $100 more. I'm like, nope, it could be black then. Let's go with a black shotgun. I'm like, this is already way too expensive already. So so what do you so use much. now? You use a, a an M4, Benelli M4 now. M2. M2, I'm sorry. I M2. still have the same shotgun from five years ago. Nice. It M4. runs. I actually just did a tune-up on it. So basically just swapped out all the springs. And which pistol are you using? So typically? I shoot for Staccato. So Staccato... Um, it's actually Wait a STI. You shoot yes. for Sakato. Yes. Did somebody do really <laughs> well to get a sponsorship? <laughs> you weren't gonna bring that I, part up. I was getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for <laughs> so, you. You so, gotta remember, I just did a racer radio show talking to little kids at race. So I, oh, I yeah, know so where that's like, going. <laughs> so, um, so we shoot pretty good. Um, so. <laughs> STI actually changed her name to Staccato back in March. I don't did they come to you or did you go to them? Uh, they actually came to me. Oh. And I thought it was pretty oh, cool. Girl, you go, girl. So I, was like, I was like, this is cool. I like this. this yeah, is, yeah. you're awesome. handing me what? I was like, what? I, pretty much a race car in my hands? All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can do this. this. Yeah. You got a race so, gun. Yeah, so this is amazing. So, um, oh, so wait a All right, hold, hold that thought. Oh. We got to hear what your AR is All right, folks. Hey, stay tuned. There Right after the break, we're talking... With Orange County gun owner board member who? Trent Trent Butler. Butler. All right. But to get us up to date on the special election and going on in Orange County, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. And I got a little excited, folks, and I read the wrong out promo, so we're not going to talk to uh, Trent Butler yet. Trent until nope, we I'm get still here. back. Yeah, yeah well, Ursula got me so excited <laughs> that I was just, I, then I went, wait, we got to bring her back. We got to talk to her. Hey, law enforcement has a tough job, and a lot of the time, 
officers need to pay for their own training. Hmm. We created training scholarship program to help officers get world-class training and also help build relationships with the gun owners community. We need to sell five more tickets to get a third. We already did it. We already did it. So forget about it. But you can still donate. Yeah, you, you can. Know, it's well, let's get a helpful. fourth officer. Why not? It's great. Well, see, I thought each 25 was an officer, but it's not. No, it's, it's a portion of an officer. Oh, so I bought his leg and his shoulder. Right. Okay. That's what I like. Okay. So, hey, but don't go anywhere because guess what? We've got Ursula Williams in the house, and i got a sneaky feeling she's going to be calling in a little bit more from lovely Arizona. I think so, too. She's awesome. <laughs> Ursula Williams, competitive uh-huh. shooter. Sp- we just found out sponsored competitive yes. shooter. That's yeah. awesome. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Okay, so you, you use a uh, Benelli M2. Uh-huh. You M2. use an STI or what's their new name? Cicado. Cicado? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what's your what's your AR? My AR? So I've been shooting for Troy for uh-uh. four That's years. two? I have a lot of sponsors. There's a lot of awesome companies in the industry that I'm sponsored by. And, uh, and how like, long have you been shooting? Six and years. Competitively? Six years. That's yep. good, girl. I so. bet your car's got decals all no. over the side of it. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's no, racing. You Sorry. don't do that. No. <laughs> you can't do that. My jersey. My your jersey. jersey. That's go. great. Yep. I love it. That's so, um, amazing. Yeah, so I've been running Troy Rifles. I actually was running Troy products before I even got sponsored by him. Um, Vortex Optics, another company, mm-hmm. Elfman Triggers. Um, I go really fast with their triggers. That's why I love them. <laughs> and uh, they're also local to me in Arizona. Uh, we plead a second, which is a holster. Actually, not just a holster. They're a gun customizing shop. Mm-hmm. So they do Cerakote, gun candy. Um, they do Kydex work. Basically, anything and anything, they'll work on it. Wow. They'll do it. Um, Tough Products was actually yep. down in Chula Vista. Nancy. With True. Nancy. Uh, I've been with her for Ever. I've been trying to break her stuff, and I can't. Because that's one thing that um, a lot of people forget about with the whole being sponsors, that you're pretty much an R&D team. Mm-hmm. Your job yeah. is to try to break their stuff. Because yeah. you're as a competitive shooter, I'm going to put more rounds through all these guns. I'm going to do uh, put a lot of miles on all, this, all these products. Mm-hmm. So if there's any issues that your normal, you know, normal gun owner, no, normal shooter is going to have, yeah. they're not going to reach most of those mm-hmm those potential issues and probably in their lifetime. Whereas I shoot, I shoot on average pre COVID. Um, I was looking at about a couple thousand rounds a month. Wow. Through That's right up there with Joe. Yeah. yeah. Where's your then, sweatshirt? Where's well, your sweatshirt? She, she's about three years ahead of me. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll be there. Well, you've got it. You've got a goal now. We so, got to get you all decked out. So tell us what you like about Troy. What what made you pick Troy? Um, so Troy was like, like, company like that from came the to very me. beginning though. Now, don't give us the sales pitch. I want to like yeah, what, did, are- what did you really like when you picked them uh, on your own before you were sponsored? Like mm-hmm. what what did you really like about them? So they came to me um, after the same woman's uh, match that I shot. Yeah. They asked me to come back and coach, and I thought that was pretty cool. Oh. Um, so basically te- teaching a whole bunch of women how to shoot, how to compete, you know, and all that cool stuff. And uh, the marketing director at the time, she was there, and she's like, uh, kind of want to check it out, you know, why do they sponsor this event and all that type of stuff. So, you know, she met me, we started chatting, and she's like, I want to see you in a Troy jersey. You're really good with the girls, you're a great brand ambassador, and you like bourbon, so we're going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. I am absolutely in. But, you know, minus that, their products have always been amazing. So a lot of people know Troy for their handguards and their sights, mm-hmm. but they do full builds. So um, I run pretty much all their all my rifles I run are theirs. Now, typically in a three gun match, what kind of shots are you making with an AR? 
Um, what range and what? Everything from point blank out to six, seven hundred yards, depending six on the match. Six or seven hundred. So what? Mm-hmm. So you you said you run a, a vortex optic, right? What? How do you prepare with an optic for you know all the way out to six hundred yards and everything in between? Science. Um. So <laughs> science is going to be the answer here. So pretty much to be a high level competitor, you're going to know everything about your gun, the ammo you run through it, um, the parts that you put in it. You know, even your glass or optic. Um, so like I know the velocity of my ammo. I know how fast it's going. I know what's the drop is going to be at, you know, 100, 200, you know, all the way up. So, and I also verify all that stuff here locally. And then when I go travel to those matches, usually in Texas, that has a lot of the long range stuff. Once I get there, I double check my velocity and I double check my, my zero to make sure that my, my data is going to be correct when I attempt those shots. How do you check velocity? So, uh, chrono. Uh, chronograph so magneto speed is a good one there's also a uh, lab radar which is another one so there's different options out there to check your velocity so folks you better be taking your math class seriously if you're you know be doing this. <laughs> i felt like uh that was billy madison so when i start going back and doing math all over again like <laughs> what the if they would have told me like yeah, if fifth they grade, told me <laughs> like hey you're gonna gonna be a competitive shooter you might want to pay attention i'm like all right cool what were we doing yeah, like right. i would have totally got an a in math but I did. no so, i got lied to so in a competition when you come up to a stage do they tell you okay this is 150 yards or hey this is 200 yards or do you have to jump up there and estimate or how, how does that work so most matches they'll give you they'll give you the written stage description mm-hmm. so they'll tell you okay cool you're gonna do this do this do this whatever um, if there's long range on it, um, some matches they'll actually give you the the distance, the ranges, um, but there's some that won't. Well, they'll be like, oh, they'll point them out like it's over there, over there. But most of us carry range finders anyways, because I like to double check other people's stuff as well. Mm. So if somebody's like, yo, that's at 150 yards, and it doesn't really look 150, I'm gonna double check. So I'll take my vortex range finder, <laughs> and, uh, and there it yeah, is. Late, and I will laze it from whatever my shooting position is gonna be at, and Go back, look at my data. Cool. So I have an idea of my hold at that particular target or other targets. Do you keep the same zero or do you do you zero at different, uh, you know, if you're going to a different, like at this match, I'm going to zero at 100 yards. This match, I'm going to zero at 200. No, my zero on all my guns, all my uh, ARs for the most part, it's going to be 50 yards. Uh, except for my AR-10 because that's like my DMR, my straight up long range. That's zeroed at 100. But all my other stuff is zeroed at 50. No, why 50? So 50 is one of those, one of those scenes where there's what's called 5200. Technically, it's technically like 50, you know, 218. But I know my zero, if I'm dead on at 50 yards, I'm going to be dead on at 200 yards. Mm. At 100 yards, I just got to hold the bottom of the target. For the most part, if it's a sealed target, I'm good. But anything beyond that, I'm like, okay, cool. I have to hold, you know, depending on the velocity of my ammo. Um, I know where my subtensions are on my reticle of where those holes are at. So that's amazing. What is your reticle? Is it a crosshair or you so got a I waffle am running, or what do you got? So I like mills, much easier math for me. Yeah. Super easy math. Told you about that math thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's pretty much, uh, not a crosshair, but it actually has subtensions actually have lines. Yeah. Um, I actually took a class with, uh, Jacob Bynum at, over at rifles only. If y'all definitely get an opportunity to do it take that class and one thing you taught me was that your reticle is a ruler so if you want to be precise you're going to need more lines on that ruler mm. so that's why i like super busy quote-unquote busy reticle so anything like a horror style reticle a christmas oh, tree that's with my favorite horror all reticles. the lines yeah 
I'm like, the more lines or subtensions, what they're called, the mm-hmm. better. Therefore, I can be more precise. Um, so that's why I run. Uh, so you're shooting a couple thousand rounds, you said, a few thousand rounds a month. That was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. <laughs> and you're, you, how many, match, what do you do, a match a month? or um, Major, at the time, major match, I was looking once a month. Major is like huge, like. Uh, regional, national, national level, okay, yeah. national level matches, but yeah. local matches. I was doing about two month, two to three a month. Man, that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this just became your life then. Yeah, pretty much. This is. <laughs> I, I. You're addicted. I, I work this much, and when I go to work, yeah. because like I can't just get up and leave. I can't just get up and go shoot or do whatever I really want to do. Um, that's my administrative time. So that's when I'm like booking flights, checking hotels, yeah. uh, rental cars talking to my buddies the ones who stay up late at night like hey we're gonna share this rental car cool i put it in my name we do all all my administrative stuff then so therefore i can spend all my other time outside of work you know actually preparing for these matches getting some sleep you know doing everything else i do what do you get out of it what do i mean you know you're extremely successful it sounds like it's a ton of fun but what's it do for you um i'm showing i like being able to show other other people period regardless of what color you are what you got between your legs whatever that you can go out and do this too (laughs) So that's one thing I love doing because I get so many people from so many different backgrounds like, yeah, I saw you out there and I decided to try it too. I'm like, cool. I mean, it kind of sucked that it took you seeing somebody else to do it because when I first started to compete and I get this question a lot from other blacks, like, what are other black people out there? I'm like, no. Why do I have to wait for somebody else to do something that I think is interesting? And what has color got to do with it anyway? Some people, oh. I'm telling you. The stuff that I get. It's got it. <laughs> but am I right? Yeah. Am I right? What Show does the stories. For what does yeah. color have to do with there's, anything? There's it's you, the person. The person going out to do it. But yeah. there are some people that think that I'm good because I'm black. I'm like, oh, like, uh, I'm like you were no. born with a with a Glock in your hand, yeah, right? Apparently, apparently. Apparently. That's what it is. So, but, um, Isn't that I'm something? Like, so, like, don't negate all the stuff that I've done and all the work that I put in. I'm yeah. like, if there's anything, I'm darker just because of how much time I spend in the sun shooting and practicing <laughs> in Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona. <laughs> like, so how has it been being on the circuit, going to different uh, competitions, going to different gun ranges and practicing, being a black woman? How is it? How's it been? Has How's it, the has acceptance? It been, yeah. Has Any it been problem? difficult? Because nobody been... cares. Nobody cares what color you are. They just care if you're safe and you can shoot. There you go. That's it. That there is absolutely go. it. The, like, the world could learn a lot from you. I'm serious as a heart attack. I mean, they really, really, really could. Because if I say it, or Melissa says it, or Joe says it, yeah, you're right. But you walk the walk, and you're talking the talk. And I think that's huge. You could you could be inspirational to so many. Have you ever thought about being a, a speaker? Um, <laughs> usually I get thrown into those spots. So, uh, Jeez, I wonder why. <laughs> Is that that natural thing? <laughs> I got thrown into uh, speaking at the uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, their 2A rally a couple weeks ago got thrown in that with a five minute notice they're like well, hey go talk i'm like go talk like what okay jeez it was I mean, easy was though some, wasn't it it, it actually kind of was See, i took some notes uh, like i normally do for a podcast yeah. kind of stuck with my notes and what'd you talk about yeah. um basically the need to actually for people there to take everything a step further yeah like one thing i particularly don't care about at a lot of the rallies was people you know in full kit I'm like, look, I don't care. <laughs> what this is not the two A fashion show. I don't care about that. What yeah. I need you to do yeah. is actually have set up meetings, email, right. phone, like call your representatives and let them yeah. know how important this is. That's what I need you to do. Yeah. I don't care what kind of kit you're running. Yeah. And I even brought up like some of y'all are running great kit. 
Some of y'all are running Amazon specials, but I need That's y'all right. to take it a step further. That's right. Some of you need to lose a little weight and get out of that kit. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, All right. hey, hey, I wasn't talking to you, uh, you, you, you hubcap you. <laughs> hey, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. So I'll try it again. Stay right here. After the break, we're going to talk to the Orange County Gun board member and his name is trent butler and we can't wait and he'll keep us up to date on what's going on with the special election right there in orange county this is gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer Clean lube and protect your gun faster and easier with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Seal One was founded by a Navy SEAL here in San Diego, and all their products are made in the USA. Seal One is also a strong supporter of the San Diego County gun owners, so we are very proud to have them on board. Clean your gun faster and better with Seal One. Use the promo code GOR25 for a 25% discount off your first order on their website at seal1.com. All right, Michael, who we got next? All right, so we're having a great conversation with Ursula, and we're going to talk to her more throughout the show. And, of course, Melissa and Joe are here, but we're going to uh, talk to Trent Butler, who is the executive director for Orange County Gun Owners, about the special election that just happened. Trent, how's it going, man? How you doing, sir? Good, dude. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, teaching a couple of classes this weekend and uh, just reviewing some of the data from the election. So, what did you tell us about the election? First off, what what special election are we talking about? So, it was the special general election for the Orange County Board of Supervisors uh, second district. So, the seat had been vacant since January of last year when um, the previous seat holder had moved up to the state level. Yep, but Michelle Steele got elected to Congress, so that created an opening. Congress, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so they yeah, had excuse to. Me, sorry, federal Congress, yeah. So they had to. Uh, we had to fill it. So a bunch of people jumped in, um, and uh, talk a little bit about some of the some of the candidates. So Kevin Muldoon, who is on the um, uh, city council for. Newport Beach. Uh, excuse me. Uh, city, city Council of uh, Newport Beach. He's yeah. on District 4, yeah. and uh, he's been elected there since 2014. Um, he's the mayor pro temp over there right now. Um, he had kind of had talked about the county supervisor's race and, you know, when it was going to happen and talked about running for office. And then uh, John Morlock, um, coming off of the, the loss that he had had, he decided to jump into the race as well. And then the... Um, Mayor of Fountain Valley, Michael Bowe, also threw his hat in the ring. Yep. So, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about why, you know, the vote was split, why the party couldn't unify behind one candidate. You know, it's technically a nonpartisan race, but, you know, certainly Katrina Foley's a, a registered Democrat and uh, Morlock, Muldoon, and Bowe are all registered Republicans. Yeah, there's no such thing. As, I, I They keep saying that, that it's a nonpartisan. There's no such thing as a nonpartisan race How anymore. How could it be a nonpartisan right. race? Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't exist. That's a, a, a fairy tale. But, uh, okay, so yeah. but you had three. The front runners were the three Republicans, and then there were there were at least two Democrats, but one in particular. Um, I, where, where was she from? Was that Costa Mesa? 
Yeah, so she's the mayor of Costa Mesa, and she was just elected to that uh, to that position, and then basically used it as a springboard to uh, run for the county board of supervisors. And now she's already come out and start talk started talking about her am- ambitions and her aspirations to move up to the state government level. Uh, so some of the people in Costa Mesa, including the you know some of the Costa Mesa Republicans, are like, "Hey, fantastic! She's out of our city." Um, but then at the county level, you know, she she is a, a bit of a nightmare, especially when it comes to uh, gun control and things like that. Yeah, she's no friend to 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 guns. So yeah, okay, 100%. so so she ended up winning, right? She came in first place and won. She did. So she got forty two thousand votes, uh, a little over forty two thousand, and then uh, John Morlock was next with about twenty six and a half thousand votes when all the uh, final tallies were done. And what did talk about what Orange County gun owners who who did Orange County gun owners endorse? So we endorsed Kevin Muldoon. Um, you know, we interviewed each candidate. I believe uh, you know we had Morlock on. Uh, Morlock came on Gun Owners Radio, if memory serves. Is that correct? Yep, he and Kevin both. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin was a lot more passionate about the Second Amendment. You know, uh, it was difficult to get Morlock pinned down to any kind of real commitment, other than yeah, I'm not I'm not going to allow gun control to go any further. Well. You know, that really isn't what we look for. We're, we're looking for a candidate who's willing to to push back and, and kind of put themselves on the line to fight back against a lot of the, the, the laws that have been passed in this state. You know, as, as an organization, and, you know, I'm sure you guys talking about San Diego County gun owners pretty frequently, it, it's an organization with a very similar view. It's, it's a long-term view where we are selecting candidates that are going to move up to higher office, either in the state or at the congressional levels. Uh, to be able to make changes, and we want to make contact with them and vet them and, and endorse them at these local levels because that's where a lot of them start. And so Kevin was was very passionate about the Second Amendment, very passionate gun owner. You know, had had campaigned with firearms in his in his images and things like that, which we're seeing is becoming a, a little bit more common out here, I, I, as far as I believe. Um, and uh, we also interviewed Michael Bow. He was very solid on guns but again uh, very similar to john morlock where you know they're just all about resisting further gun control and what we want is like guys who are willing to to go on the offensive to some degree yeah Kev, i think it's absolutely legit to say that kevin muldoon out of the out of the the uh, all the candidates um was uh by far the most passionate about second amendment issues and especially uh, fighting back against them, or fighting back against gun control, I should say, some of these uh, gun restrictions that are uh, county and statewide, and was far more knowledgeable, and not just kind of a, you know, mm-hmm. from 30,000 feet, yeah, you know, gun gun bans are, are bad, but he really had an understanding of, of what was going on with uh, uh, some of the struggles that gun owners have in California, and he's a viable candidate, you know, Newport Beach, City Council, uh, you know, he, he's already been elected, and he's been effective in that he is uh, uh, working really hard to uh, with the recall Newsom effort. Uh, and I, I don't mm-hmm. mean you know posting a, a a tweet you know in support of it. I mean he was rolling up his sleeves and actually getting things done and helping to organize the effort. So you know he had everything. Everything was right in place. And I, I think that you guys did a fantastic job picking Kevin. Um, and you know it's really really tempting to just say well. Let's just uh, you know endorse a couple people who are good on guns, or let's just go with what uh, you know the endorsement that'll give us the least amount of flack. You know, maybe the Republican establishment who feels like they own uh, gun owners, which is totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they won't give us uh, uh, you know a lot of guff if we uh, go with their guy. 
Um, but that's not what you guys did, you know. And I, I think that it took a lot of uh, intelligence, it took a lot of character, and it took a lot of bravery to say, hey, you know what, this is our guy. This is the right person. These are the types of candidates that we should uh, that we should back and support. And that was Kevin Muldoon. So are you guys? Yeah, we certainly believe so. So are you get uh, what kind of what kind of feedback are you getting now? So we've heard from uh, from the OCGOP. We've heard from some of the local Republican organizations, uh, not all of them, certainly. But it, it certainly seems like we only hear from OCGOP when we endorse someone that they don't like or we endorse someone who gets elected that they didn't like. That isn't the establishment-type politician. And you're absolutely correct. You hit the nail on the There's kind of this expectation among the Republican community, well, why wouldn't you back a Republican? Well, we're we're a single issue nonpartisan organization, and so if we've got a Republican who is, you know, at best lackluster on guns, and then we we may even have a Democrat or a non-establishment Republican who's got a solid track record on fighting for the Second Amendment, then our choice is pretty clear. And so, you know, we've heard from some of the Republican groups, you know, hey, if we tally up all the votes for all three Republican candidates, then uh, Morlock would have won, uh, which on paper is true. You know, Katrina had about 42,500 votes. If you total up all the Republican votes, it was about 49,000. Now, if you add the other Democrat candidate, Janet Rappaport, to Katrina, she still probably would have won. Um, but I've told, I've told these organizations, you know, we're talking to different voters, different constituents who are saying that, you know, if Morlock was the only candidate, I wouldn't have gone out and voted. So I think Muldoon, having mobilized and gotten out easily 30% of the votes that, that Morlock had, that shows that he's, he's an incredibly effective and electable candidate. Uh, like you said, you know, Morlock lost. You know, everybody's saying, well, it's his fault that they didn't back him. Well, he lost his his, uh, his Senate run right before that. And I don't see a whole lot of situations where a politician follows a loss with a different win, you know, <laughs> not a couple months later. So Republican uh, leaders weren't calling you to apologize for uh, putting up a uh, candidate that wasn't very strong on Second Amendment issues? Is that, that wasn't what happened there? <laughs> not, not in the slightest. Because <laughs> until they do, until like, hey, until that happens, you know, and here's the thing, you know, if they're calling you, it's because you're important. You know, if they're calling right. Orange County gun owners and saying, "Hey, we wish you to uh, you you would you'd back this other person," if you weren't important, you know, if your vote doesn't matter, if your your uh, block of folks up there who are uh, you know gun owners, if you, if you guys don't matter, they wouldn't be calling you. Number one, so you matter, you know. Um, but uh, you know, if you do matter and they're they're not happy about the the support that you gave, then probably time for you know a little self examination. You know, hey, did we put up the right candidate? You know, but unfortunately, far too often, especially with Republicans, that's not what they do. That's not their default. They don't, you know, they're they're not good at self-examination. They're they're a little they're you know better at uh, you know throwing a snit. You know, well, gee, if you guys are, I mean, what kind of statement is that? Well, you know, if you add up all the votes, uh, you know, the, our person uh, would have gotten, uh, would have won. Well, yeah, that's true of anybody that ran. <laughs> anybody that ran. Right, if you gave yeah. anybody that ran all the votes, then yeah, they probably would have won. Uh, you know, what they should be doing is saying, hey, look, clearly Orange County gun owners, their members, their supporters are important. Clearly the gun owner vote is important. I mean, over 20,000 people in Orange County now have a CCW, and that's growing every single month. What they should be doing is uh, some self-examination and saying, hey, what do we got to do to uh, – because we're, we're losing. Orange County was, was you know, deep red uh, a few years ago, and now it's really, really purple, kind of, you know, same color as a bruise. You know, that should be a hint. 
Um, so what they should be doing is saying, hey, what do we got to do next time better um, so that we can get Orange County gun owners support, don't you think? Yeah, certainly. And, you know, we do this frequently when we do endorse uh, candidates. You know, people tell us, well, why didn't you check who we're endorsing? Why didn't you check who we're endorsing? I'm, I, my first, you know, inclination is to say, well, why didn't you talk to us about who you were endorsing? <laughs> you know, we, we shouldn't be hearing about it after the fact. You know, if you want a seat table, then come talk to us and ask us about the issues that are that are important to us. I mean, yeah. we're we're an open book. Our questionnaire, everything that we that we interview yep. candidates with, everything absolutely right. Online, everything's out there. Go to ocgunowners.com to check out more. Thank you, Trent. All right, folks. Hey, this we're gonna stick around because Joe's got a great uh, talking about the charity shoot over at Frontside. Melissa Lee's got a review as well. FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Where the show off air is almost as good as the show on almost, air. Almost, almost. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. So if you have taken training, then you know you should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Guess what, Gun Owner Radio listeners? You can get a free T-shirt when you join. All you have to do is use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com, and you'll get yourself a cool shirt. And if you're watching us on YouTube, wave. And hit the like button and the subscription button and we and tell as many friends as you can. All right, Mr. Joe Germisi, who's got a new j- jacket. How was that eighth <laughs> annual charity shoot? Bought that with my Piazza dollars. I know you keep saying pizza dollars. I'm not quite sure what that is. <laughs> you were here for the interview. You talked to the man. Yes, I did. So how many years have you gone to this now? I've only done it for three years, but I'm a new guy. How many, Michael, you've done it for a while, haven't you? Yeah, uh, I think they're on. This is year this, eight, and I think the first one I went to was year three. Okay, so, so yeah, so. this is my third year out there. But, and you uh, learn something every time you go. Would you oh, say? Absolutely, yeah. But it's a lot of fun, and I always, I always write about this, or at least I have for the last three years, because um, I'm always trying to encourage people to get out and do something. Dave, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, <laughs> um, I know. I you know, know, people own guns, and they've got you know a whole safe full of guns, and they don't shoot them. And um, you know, this is an outstanding opportunity because you go out there for four days. You get, um, you know, excellent training for four days. You're raising money for um, for uh, leukemia and lymphoma research. 
and uh, uh, and it's just a blast, and it's two hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, uh, you know, and just about all of your your money goes to um, to that research thing, and um, it's just a great thing. And uh, I've gone out there, like I said, three years. Uh, usually, I do the handgun course, and um, I DG'd the handgun last year because there's, there's kind of three levels that you finish at with the testing. And the first year I finished at the lower lowest level, I got my participation uh, trophy there the first year. <laughs> and uh, and then the second year I graduated, and the third year I was a distinguished graduate. So um, I thought, well, this year, heck, I want to do something different. And um, what I uh, did was I took the tactical shotgun uh, course, so four days of tactical shotgun. Because I shoot a lot of handgun, but I don't really have any tactical shotgun experience. And since I won a tactical shotgun there last year, I thought, well, this year, this is a, that's a good excuse to go out and do four days of shotgun. So, uh, and that's why I was listening. That's why uh, when Ursula was talking, I was asking her about the Benelli M2 because I discovered that the shotgun I had is okay. It's a Winchester 1300, but probably not the one you want to do that with. So I did learn that. Learned a lot of fundamentals. And, so we're uh, going basics. shopping again. So, uh, yeah, if I decide to go further into the technical shotgun world. Um, Ursula's. Did you want M4 then? Yeah, Ursula's oh, going to take some M4. notes for you. Okay, yeah. good, good, I got good. You, I got you. Now I thought M. Oh, okay, you were saying so, M two. We'll get back to that one. No, so but. I shoot. I shoot the M two. Okay. So the M two is pretty much, um, it's a twenty four inch barrel, and it actually supposed it comes with like a five plus one, uh, tube. But the M two, excuse me, the M four actually comes with a pistol grip, and it's actually a twenty. I want to say it's a twenty or eighteen inch barrel. Oh, so shorter. that's the only difference between yeah, shorter than the two. So you want for tactical, you want an M4. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And it's all the competition <laughs> stuff too. It's all about speed, you. and it's all about reloading <laughs> and that stuff. Um, and, and it's but, all about her handling your checkbook. Well, and I, I tell you what, I wanted to do with my my goal here was to build a foundation because um, you know we were talking about three gun earlier, and I've always avoided three gun because I, I got my hands full trying to get good with the handgun. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to add a shotgun and an AR to it and then have to train with all that because, um, you know, Ursula was saying. Yeah, look at well, Ursula's yeah. going, what? Exactly. And she was saying pre-COVID a couple of thousand rounds a month. And, and I was about a thousand rounds a month at pre-COVID. So I'd have to step that up. But I may do it now, though, because the shotgun course is well, fun. Well, first got to find the ammo. But uh, oh, we could find it's, it's ammo. Oh, that's right. You and your ammo buddies. That's, in that's right. I got my in that secret buddies. store yeah. that you won't tell anybody that's where right. it's at. That's right. So I could find ammo. They meet at three o'clock in the morning and they stand <laughs> incognito with their hat pulled down tight. But um, but it was great though. I, I learned a lot about the gun that I had. I learned that I do not like where the uh, slide release is located because uh, that was challenging. Because mm. you're you're trying to load quickly. You're doing port loading. You've got to kind of rotate the gun. I had to get my finger all the way around underneath because it's on the wrong side on that gun. Because mm. like with my Ithaca, it's right up uh, ahead of the trigger guard. So it's real easy to get to with your trigger finger. On the Winchester, it's on the left side rear of the trigger guard. So you got to kind of get under there. And you're trying to do this real quickly, and it was uh, challenging. So I learned a lot of stuff so like that. So that's for sale. So uh, nah, I never <laughs> sell them. You know, just, I just need another safe is what Look I need. Look at her. Ursula's over here banging on it. So I totally suggest getting some dummy shells and actually practicing those loads. Got them. And the other thing I found out, too, was the uh, the shell caddy that Michael, Michael loaned me a couple of shell caddies. Cheap, crappy ones, but they were uh, what I <laughs> That's what why I, I loaned them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, I'll hook you up. Yeah, you'll love these. <laughs> but... um. What I discovered with those is uh, they hold six shells, and once you get down two or three shells, there's no tension in there to hold them in there. 
So you can very easily dump out the rest of your shells onto the ground when you go to Here's grab them. Good guy. You, you can keep those. But, uh, you know, I ran in. See, I was part of the thing about taking these classes is I saw what everybody else had. So I saw a nice Safari Land one that's got a tensioning plate behind it. It doesn't have that issue. But um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, um, like I said, I learned a lot of stuff with that. I found out that uh, I had trouble hanging on to the slide shooting, um, shooting multiples with buckshot. That does not happen to me with birdshot. It doesn't happen to me just shooting regulars. But trying to shoot four targets very quickly pumping the shotgun, I found that I was having trouble hanging on to the uh, to the um, slide, which I've never had before. So wow. I, I need to work on uh, that technique, yeah. too, with that gun. But A L- um, little, little squishy ball exercise. I, I don't know what the issue is with that. Yeah, because it was really weird. I've never experienced that before. I have to talk to Ursula after this. Yeah. But, um, Ursula will hook you up. But um, anyway, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, they had one of the best uh, or one of the biggest turnouts they've ever had this year. Uh, Lance was saying uh, 291 oh, people wow. registered for it, and they raised uh, $51,500, wow. which is a lot more than they – usually it's in the 30s, I think, yeah, 35000 yeah. or so. It's outstanding. So, and all that with the uh, COVID stuff going on, too, because um, – Well, it's know, all that pent up. Well, like, sorry, yeah, so good. pre-show – I was talking to talking to Melissa here, and I'm like, shooters gonna shoot. Like, they'll show <laughs> exactly up, right. especially now with COVID. And there's so many events that's being canceled or postponed. People want to shoot whatever. So like, twenty twos. Yeah, if I would have known about it, I would have dusted off my 870 and came shot, or brought the M2 to be extra fancy. Like, I would have totally done it. Well, and you know what's um what's good about that too is, and I noticed this when I was at Gunsight uh, taking a class uh, late last year. That, um, you know, and that was in the middle of the COVID too. And that's all the same thing out here at Front Sight. It's, you know, people in that, in the gun community tend to be more conservative, but they tend to be a lot less fearful and frightened over all this stuff. I mean, you don't really see masks. You don't see people worried about all this stuff. They're just out there enjoying themselves and learning and having fun. And, um, and it's just a great, um, I don't know. It's a great feel. It's like going to America again. It's cool out there. Wow. And, um, again, if you do the, uh, the, um, the charity match, and I wrote about this, and I've got all the links in the article. But the um, you could do four days of shotgun, you could do four days of rifle, four days of handgun, whatever you want to do. You could stay two days, or you could stay four days, and um, it's just great. They raffled off. Uh, they had a number of precision rifles. I think three three of them they raffled off this year. They had a couple of shotguns. They had seven or eight pistols that they raffled off. Uh, one woman won two pistols actually. What? Um, Wow. So, uh, so yeah, it was great. It's a great event. And, um, you know, I just encourage people to go out and do it. You're supporting a great charity. It's a lot of fun. There's no way you can get that kind of training for that kind of money. I mean, yeah. you get four days and there's, there's a team of instructors working with each group. And usually the groups are about 30 people or so they split them up in the two 15 person relays. So you've always, you've got an instructor with every four or five people. And for $250, wow. I mean, it's just great. All right. Well, hey, that is awesome. I'm telling you, and I know you can't wait till next year. I can't wait. I'm planning already. Right. And where <laughs> can we find that little story you wrote? So uh, if you go to San Diego County Gun Owners, uh, org slash blog, is that where it is, Michael? Yes, sir. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, don't touch that dial. We have Ursula in the room. We'll be right back. And Melissa Lee is going to do a Camelon Gear Gear review right Gear, a gear gear review. I don't think I've ever heard of a gear gear review. No, chameleon bags. Is that what that is? <laughs> a gear a chame- review. It doesn't say yes. bag. It says gear gear. But it'll be fun to find out what it is. So hopefully you're on YouTube. Tune in.
go to Gun Owners Radio backslash YouTube right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, PRMIMortgagePrimeRes.com slash Alpine, especially if you're in the military looking to for help with your VA loan, or maybe if you're just looking to buy a refi or considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust, Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or primeres.com slash alpine. All right, Melissa, what do you got for us? Um, well, first, let's do this first. Um, last time we put up a holster for TAC rig. Um, it was our giveaway. So we do have a winner. Cool. Um, so all anybody had to do was just um, subscribe to our newsletter at gunownersradio.com slash subscribe. Um, the winner is... You, you, you fail. Oh, do I need a drum roll? Yeah, Sorry. you failed um, uh, at your drum roll. <sighs> Thank you, Brandon. It's Holistic Outlaw. Congratulations. You want a free tack rig holster? And don't forget, if you want to use um, the code to go on their website and save 15% off, it's GOR15. And there you have it. So um, today, um, we have this special, it's a purse, but it's a special purse because it's a concealed carry purse. It's made by Chameleon Bags, and Chameleon Bags is a really, really, quali- they, they push out quality purses. This leather is super soft, but they worked with um, Smith & Wesson. So Smith & Wesson and Chameleon Bags kind of collaborated and made this Bag. Are you going to pull a gun out of that bag? No. So, <laughs> no, she can't. She's in the bell gouge. Okay, so last time I did the holster review, um, they, the Nazis at you know YouTube Live decided to pull the feed, and we blacked out because I had my gun in my holster and a blue gun mm-hmm. in the holster. Never took them out. Yeah. Nope. Melissa got well, us canceled. So she yeah. can, can you she's do like the, a finger gun or anything? Nope, or is that, that's the, illegal no, too. She, we don't know. If she whips, <laughs> try, it, try it, see what happens. No, if she whips <laughs> it out, we're gonna go dark again. So this is <laughs> rich. So it has an ambidextrous, um, you know, can't carry or not carry, but zippers for the concealed carry. Um, so this is my solution. Did you make one with soap? Has a really pop nice, tart. Did you chew a pop tart into hear, a gun? You hear, hear that? It's really, it's really velcro y. It's really strong. But I had to use <laughs> a banana. A banana. Oh. I knew you were going to do a banana. You know? Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, we just went dark. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was right yeah, on the edge. Because that banana is loaded. Yep. So, really strong velcro on both sides. On both sides. And if it's in this little pocket right here. So you can get your banana out with the holster staying in? So, yes, you can. Right. So you can orient it to whatever way your draw is, right? Yep. Okay. So I can angle it. That's what I just did, too. So I can angle it here, here, any way that I want to, but left-handed, right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on both sides of the purse? 
it's on one side of the purse. Oh, I got you. But there's two zippers. So if oh, I'm okay. left-handed or if I'm right-handed, I can still pull. Okay. So it doesn't matter. What about the strap? Is it is it ready for cross draw or crossbody? Yep. It's crossbody cool. strap. I like that. These handles are super thick. Feel that. It feels like it's butter. It's butter. All right. To my vegan buddies, look. Yep. It's okay. Oh. It's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, would you carry that with the um, the access you've got there, the two uh, zippered parts? Would that be in toward your body, or would that be outside? That would be facing my body so or touching you? my body. So, I'm going to tell you the truth that conceal carrying. I per personally like it on my person. I don't really care to put it in a bag because it could get stolen or someone can get it. So, I went around Costco with this bag. And I was super hypersensitive about having my concealed carry in something else and not on me. Mm -hmm. So every time I would get bumped by, a, a, you know, anything, I'd be like, who's touching my bag? You know <laughs> what I mean? Don't touch my bag, you know? Mm -hmm. So Well, that, I, bring, that <laughs> brings up a question on concealed carry because concealed carry, it's on your person. Do you, does the law still fall into the effect by having it concealed in a purse? You can still conceal well, it in a purse. It's concealed. Same laws. Same laws. Mm -hmm. Same law. Okay. I just even, body, even, body, even Arizona. Law. Same Even in awesome. Arizona. Oh, Arizona, you guys can do it. We can do all, all the things. Yeah, yeah, you guys are bad to the bone. And so, you get a laptop. No. Oh. I'm just saying, like, it's big enough for a laptop. That's a big laptop. And I have my little camo fanny pack. You know what I mean? It's like, I can carry all kinds of stuff in here because, you know what? It's just got a lot of room. I hope that's So, water. I do have a question. Mm -hmm. So, does that company actually covers, covers the bag if you have to use it or if it's destroyed? in a self-defense situation. So let's just say, because I'm a fan of, if I have to draw my gun, I'd rather just shoot through the purse. Because that's going to be a much faster presentation than me actually being able to draw out the gun itself, or draw out the purse itself. I don't think it has a warranty against that. However, mm -hmm. it does have a 30-day warranty on any defects or anything okay. like that. Just checking. But, you know, that would be kind of, that would be John Wick I'll, to just I'm, shoot right through the I'm purse. I'm going to shoot straight through the purse. Him, but if you ask them, you, they might. That's kind of like a taser. Yeah. When you use a taser... Yep. Turn in the police report. You'll you get you'll, you'll get, get a, a reload. Yeah, yeah, they'll actually replace your taser. Oh, so I'll, you I'll bet you that I'll, if you shoot through your purse mm -hmm. and defend your life, they'll, they'll and give you, you know. send in yeah. the they'll purse with a whole. Yeah. I'll bet you they'll they'll hook you. Well, yeah, okay. because that's R and D. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, can exactly. I get that other bottle of water there? You get too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at you. You don't like. Hey, is, is there a plate carrier also in that purse? There, can you uh, can you no. plate that up? I'm, I'm sure you can, like, make a pocket. There are actually, there's two big pockets right here for cell uh -huh. phones or whatever. And a zipper pocket inside. Mm -hmm. Zipper pocket outside. I don't know if you can hear me, but zipper pocket outside. But you know what? I'm sure you can make a couple stitches, Joe, and you can make yep. it, you know, very tactical just for you. <laughs> well, if I'm carrying the man purse, I mean, I, you know, I might as well have that, <laughs> well have that, that option with me. And you would look so good with your <laughs> so new jacket. So European of you, Joe. Yes. Yeah, very much so. So this bag retails for $249.99. It's complete leather, really buttery, soft, rear ambidextrous zipper, CCW pouch. Um, they have men's wallets. They have EDC belts. They have um, about five different styles of handbags and purses, whatever, with cross-carry. 30-day warranty. And she looks like paperwork. Yes, like they are giving us um, yep. a giveaway. So Chameleon Bags, thank you. Um, where they're giving away a Smith and Wesson leather wallet. Just go to gunownersradio.com/slash/subscribe. Join our email list right now, and you may be the winner. Um, 
If you want to get a bag of your own, just go to chameleonbags.com. Use code GOR for 10% off any style bag. So sweet. Yes. So when would you, uh, when in, in your personal life, when would you carry, because you carry on body most of the time, don't you? I always carry on body. That's the only way I carry Oh, really? Would, would there, what's the situation where you think you'd carry off body? Depending <laughs> on your outfit, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I guess outfit. You know, when I was thinking, like, if like I had a kid, gown. what if you had a kid? If you had a toddler or something like that, like, could this, this could essentially double as a diaper bag slash carry bag so that could help moms that are you know they just got their hands full they got too much stuff they're gonna have a you know they're gonna have a diaper bag or maybe you're wearing a a dress that's that's that doesn't allow you to have on carry you could yeah or you can do the one of those um thigh holster ones yeah oh my or i've seen those there's a couple of those there's like they're inner thigh and they're also outer thigh Uh uh-huh because i'm like i'm a big girl my thighs touch i'm not putting anything that's what i'm saying too but i like being able to have a lot of options so i i tried purse carry um i feel like mrs doubtfire like i feel so awkward Uh, with a purse like it's so weird but um the only time i actually do off body is it does depends on my outfit um, because Arizona is hot, it is absolutely hot, especially in the summertime. So, granted, I have you know micro carry guns, I have my regular you know compact, subcompact stuff. But there's some times where with the banana. Um, but there's some times where I'm like, no, I'm just gonna put this in a sling bag, and go that route because that's just gonna work a little bit better for me. Well, wouldn't this be an accessory? It doesn't mean that if you have the bag, you have to carry off body. Yeah. Um, I would more have of like that's one. That's exactly why I asked about the the actual strap. Right. So if this was like maybe triple stitch or something like that, where somebody tried to run off with my bag, right? Because if I'm gonna carry a purse, it's gonna be crossbody, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, if you're gonna t- snatch my purse, me you're taking you. me with you. So of course <laughs> and I'm you're gonna not fight gonna for like it. the results. Yeah. So and then I can also articulate why I had to potentially use deadly force because that's my gun. My gun's in there, and yep. everybody knows statistically, if a gun is taken from you, it's a good, good chance it's gonna be used on you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm gonna fight like hell for it. Yeah, good yep. point. So. Well, that purse is nice enough. I mean, you don't have to carry a gun with it all the time, but no. it seems like it gives you that option if you ever do need to. Maybe you're going somewhere, uh, but yeah, that purse is super nice. It and for the look price, nice. and for the price, it's not prohibitive to where you couldn't have that as an accessory to all the other purses you have. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. I personally like. I like the sling bag as well because it's more secure on me. Right. Right. And I right. actually. I'm so tomboy that I took a DDT range bag, slim range bag, and turned it into my purse just so that I can have all my stuff with me. Yeah, but me. see, so, now, you, now you're granted, styling. Not not a sponsor plug here. Definitely not one, but Vertex, their sling bags are amazing. Just throwing I'll it out there. I'll have to try one of those. There's your you next know, phone girl call. can never yep. have too many range bags, yep. you know? Just saying, just throwing it out there. Yep. See, most people, most <laughs> girls say purses. She says range, range bags. Range bags. Yeah, exactly. Range bags. Well, that was a great review. And again, the, the website is chameleonbags.com all right so hook yourself up make for a great gift for somebody in the actually for mother mother's day is coming up yeah, mother's yeah. day is coming up yep. birthdays are coming up all right folks hey check out our website to see our magnum interview by going to gunownersradio.com slash magnum we've had interviews with mma fighter kung lee youtuber johnny b and gun Graham guy charlie c Hey, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. 
FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Like Hound Optics is a 10 ring partner. (laughs) I know where I'm at. (laughs) Accurate, affordable, guaranteed sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. You might remember when Joe reviewed some of their scopes. Great guys, great product, and a really great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. Did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits. We are so excited to have them as an official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. All right. You ready for this? We yeah, got to have a discussion, folks. Everybody put your thinking caps on here. So the House of Representatives passed legislation that would require background checks for all gun buyers and extend the time the FBI has to vet those flagged by the National Instant Check System last week. Eight Republicans, everybody, everybody out there who keeps telling me just vote Republican, eight Republicans voted to advance the universal background uh, legislation while one Democrat, Representative Jared Golden of Maine opposed it. Two Republicans supported extending the length of checks from three to 10 days. Let me reread that. Two Republicans supported extending the length of checks from three to 10 days, while two Democrats, Mr. Golden and Ron Kind of Wisconsin, broke with their party to oppose it. So all this uh, guff that we get out here, that's the second time this show I've used the word guff. Uh, apparently, I'm, apparently, I'm an 80 year old. Uh, See a trend. If you were a charger, uh, we'd be going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, universal background checks. California's universal background checks are, are going nationwide. Uh, Adam uh, Kinzinger from Illinois. He's a Republican. He's one of the eight who supported the bill. He said that he's a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment and feels that the measure adds precautions to help curb gun violence without overreaching on law-abiding citizens' ability to obtain a firearm. Quote, I believe that in order to curb evildoers from having access to firearms, we have to be willing to make some changes for the greater good. He's a Republican. But would it shock him to find out that he's not really a staunch report, uh, supporter of the <laughs> I, Second I, I Amendment? I think it would shock him. And this, would it shock him even more that criminals don't go into uh, – Gun stores and buy guns legally? Right on the nose. Yeah. This legislation by itself will not stop violence, he said. It will help, but the core of our issues cannot be uh, changed by laws. We cannot detect or deter evil by legislating. Accepting the reality that the evils uh, that evil exists is part of it, as well as holding those who commit these crimes accountable. Okay, so... Yeah, but I'm going to vote for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. He just said, hey, look, this isn't all that bad, it's and we have do to anything. do it. It's not going to do anything. It's totally ineffective, but we got to do this thing, guys. Yeah, um, yeah it, pretty bad. The the eight Republicans who voted for this, uh, Buchanan from Florida, everybody that tells me how, hey, if you just move to Florida, all your problems are solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania's Fitzpatrick, New York's Garber, Garberino, uh, another guy from Florida, uh, Jimenez, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, Kinziger from Illinois, another guy from Florida, Salazar, these are all Republicans, Smith from New Jersey, Upton from Michigan. Now, I want to read the C.T. Muir from Connecticut is a uh, is a paper that uh, claims to be uh, pro-journalism and, and non, you know, non-bias and, and uh, you know, hard-nosed reporting. They're fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. Here's here's how they started their story on, on this vote. Quote, 
for the second time since the slaughter of 20 school children and six educators in Connecticut. The U.S. House of Representatives voted Thursday to pass a bill requiring universal background checks for firearm purchases. For the first time, the House version is promised to vote on Senate. That's a nonpartisan uh, news outlet that prides themselves on hard-hitting journalism mm-hmm. and nonpartisan uh, opinions. What do you think of that? For the second time since the slaughter of 20 school children. Well, see, and I and I can tell you what I think of it since you asked. Uh, but, you know, that's that's how severe severely the the narrative has been been taken like that it's that's how badly guns and gun owners have been demonized to where a publication like that they might really believe that they're fair and they're they're valid and reasonable journalists yet they use that language and it doesn't phase them they're not even aware of what they're saying and, and plus journalism been dead for oh, <laughs> how long even before Just, william randolph hearst when yeah. he used to make his own <laughs> Well, even no, I, they can't they can't use it or they're using that language so obviously they can right. spark emotion. They're just selling papers if that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. media is a business. Yeah, we all know this. It's all to make money. That's it. Yeah. So like they don't say anything about um the what was it Operation What Fast and Furious? Right. What's that? I huh? don't even know what you're talking about, girl. So- <laughs> that was that, that's nothing that we put in our paper. I know. <laughs> like, what about criminals with guns? Nope. But we're just gonna mess with law-abiding citizens and just hope. You know, to solve the the gun violence, I'm like, I told the, that. I told a politician at KUSI TV, and I told him, "Dude, I'll give you my nine mil and my my Mossberg. The minute you give me a six month program where you're taking guns away from the criminals, mm-hmm. oh, he can't do that. You know how difficult huh. that is. Oh, oh, but you're gonna come get my gun, and mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with crime. You're gonna eliminate the elephant in the room. So you know what." Try to get my gun. Yeah, well, but, exactly. t- but let's take it one step. Obviously, the the language was inflammatory and on purpose, and mm-hmm. clearly they have a bias. But let's take it a step further here. For the second time since the slaughter of twenty school children and six educators in Connecticut, what, what's he talking about? He's they're talking about the, uh, uh, the Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook, exactly right. Um, how would universal background checks have stopped that? Not no. one bit. Not nope. one bit. Nope. I, I mean, people keep talking about how it's easy to access guns. In that situation, a uh, the the adult son of the gun owner had to shoot his mom in the face to get the gun. If you tell me that's easy access to guns, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and there's absolutely no, in no universe can you make the case that universal background checks would have had any impact on that. See, what they fail to realize that you cannot out legislate evil. You can't. There you go. Not one True. bit. That's excellent. So Chuck Schumer says that H.R. 8 will be on the floor of the Senate and we will see where everybody stands, the New York Democrats said in a press conference ahead of the House floor vote. Quote, no more hopes and prayers, thoughts and prayers. A vote is what we need. So we're just one vote away from, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Well, yeah. And and there's another one, Chucky. You know, how would that have stopped the Sandy Hook massacre? Or any. Or any in that as far as that goes. At least, fortunately for us in California, it doesn't impact us so nah, much because we, al- we already have all that stuff, yeah. uh, and it doesn't stop anything. So no, it doesn't. And uh, really, this is what this is. It's a conversation about uh, about uh, you know language. It's a conversation about mm-hmm. uh, PR. It's a conversation yep. about you know how they're attempting to portray gun owners to to you know pass a political agenda and appease their <laughs> followers and their and their supporters.
Well, and it does point out the swamp Republicans that we have, too, that yeah. are going to go along with this kind of stuff. Even after they – and that's what I like about the, the thing you just read, the little quote. I mean, the guy prefaces it with, yeah, yeah I know this isn't going to work and this is useless, but I'm going to support it anyway. And yeah. how about your buddy Manchin? So Manchin's a senator from uh, uh, West Virginia. Uh, Manchin, together with Pennsylvania Republican Pat Toomey, led previous Senate efforts to expand background checks in 2013 following the 2020 massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary. The bill was blocked by a Republican-led filibuster. So a lot of people are hanging their hat on Manchin, hoping that he'll uh, stop this somehow. And I, I, he's already supported it, so I'm not quite sure what they're what they're thinking. But uh, the only thing that, that he may – the only way he may be able to help is not so much directly with this legislation – but he has been clear that he doesn't want to get rid of the filibuster that, that would help Republicans block this. So a G, the GOP, um, all they need is 10 Republicans, um, and, and that's what's needed to end the debate uh, on a vote for the bill. So there is a chance— and You already have eight. Be, well, no, that was in the House. That was in the House. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. That was in the House. But, uh, but yeah, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, again, like you said, Joe, this is universe, This is the exact same. It's not going to change our lives out in California at all. Mm-hmm. But what we should be appalled by and what the conversation should center around is all the conversation and, and the narrative that's coming out of, uh, you know, from media. It's coming out from these elected officials you know, there, there's just no such thing as an issue anymore. It's all pure narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other good thing, too, or not the other good thing, but the other um, interesting thing is is how the free states react to this. Because like we were saying, in California, it doesn't impact us so much because we already have all that stuff. But um, most of the states in the country do not have that stuff. And it'll be interesting to see how they react. their reaction to this should this thing pass. Com- com- 100% pure compliance. That's my prediction. I, I think you're absolutely correct. <laughs> What? How? <laughs> I, I already—it's funny because I already talked to my super. I already told. I already told my supervisors like, "Hey, look, if I wake up a felon tomorrow, can I still come to work?" They're like, "Yeah, we're short." I'm like, "All right, cool." So, like, it's—it's it's just going to create. Um, I hate to say this, but whatever they decide to do, like whatever gun legislation they put down, there has to be an overreaction on our end as gun owners, mm. no matter what. So that's why I feel like, I you know I I wish I, I wish I, I I wish I had more faith. I I watched California. You know, California was just as uh, you know, figuratively speaking, up in arms when all this stuff was happening in the late '90s, and then in 2000, and they expanded the assault weapons more. They were up in arms. Everybody said, "Oh, we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to comply. This right. is horrible. This is awful." And look at where we are. And mm-hmm. and then you know when you look across the country. Uh, you're seeing the same rhetoric, the same hand wringing, the same. Now it's Facebook posts. Everybody's oh, we're, you know, we refuse to comply. We're not going to put up with this. Yeah, That'll right. never happen here, California. You guys are a bunch of cowards. You should have done something. Okay, we just went through a year where the government shut down businesses, told you to stay in your home, mandated ma- What happened? We compliance. Home. <laughs> we wore our. So masks. if you're if there if you're going to tell me that oh no this is it. You know, this is the one where we're absolutely going to stand up. Come on. I'm not buying it. And by the way, I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about, no, you know, no, no. overthrowing the government. And by like the way, that. that didn't happen in Alpine. What what didn't happen in Alpine? None of what you said. Right, we the didn't compliance stay in our house. We, did, we still went to restaurants. Well, and there were a number of states where it was not like it is out here either. Look so, at South I mean, Dakota. Well, yeah, and there, there was different levels of 
compliance or non-compliance, but like with the universal background checks, the um, the big deal with that is private party transfers, right? That's that's right. really what that's going and to gun impose. Shows. Gun shows. And, right. And, but that kind of stuff is, is usually done at a state level. That's where that happens. That's why we have it out here. And a lot of these states, if they wanted it, they would have done it. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how the state, not, not, not private citizens, but how the states react to it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We will. Well, see. it'll be interesting to see too. I don't. I, I'm. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know if they're going to be able to successfully make the case that uh, expanded background checks are unconstitutional. Um, I don't know if there's a court out there that'll. Uh, I don't know if there's a strong enough case that a court will uh, will abide by that. I guess we're going to find out. Um, but if if universal background checks were already unconstitutional, then you know California's had that for decades yeah. now, mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. And right now they don't follow the law anyway. They do what they want to do, just because it's on a piece of paper. That doesn't mean anything to these people. All I know, right, I know, like our constitution. Thank you very much. <laughs> Up next, we have Sam the Gunman on stump my nephew and a mic drop. You can't hear it if you don't listen. So stay tuned right here on FM ninety six one. AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owner Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, hey, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are quickly eroding. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. Like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor, and the podcast. Or whatever way you listen to our show. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together we will win. All right, it is time for Stump. My nephew, Sam the Gunman. Right. Young lady, nope. you're on. All right. What? Well, wait a minute. For Sam on? Oh, oh are yeah. You on Sam? <laughs> Let's, wait, hold on a second. Sam, you there? Yeah. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. All right. Every week we have uh, Stump My Nephew. It's a segment where uh, you, the listener, send in a, a question. If we use your question, you get a hat or a shirt or whatever you want. And uh, if we stump my nephew, then you get a uh, you get a lifetime of training from uh, Front Sight will give you a free membership to Front Sight, but it's Ooh. not so easy. Ah. My nephew Sam here is uh, really, really good. Okay, so Sam, Ursula is going to ask the question, buddy. You ready? Uh, I hope so. Now that you've hyped me up like that, I, I feel like you're going to throw me a hardball this time. <laughs> this this one's a good one. Um, go. So Booker and Imperial Beach sent this one in. I, so I can't take credit for this uh, question because this is actually a really good one. All right, you ready? Let's have it. All right, what machine gun was developed by Australia, not Austria, but Australia, during World War II, and what did it shoot, as in what caliber was it in? Booker from Imperial Beach, thanks for the question. Now, I'm I'm not too well-versed on Australian small arms. Um, the, only, uh, the only firearm that I know of for sure that they developed indigenously um, for World War II was the Owen submachine gun, which was a uh, floating uh, nine millimeter submachine gun? See, did I tell you? What caliber was it? Uh, nine millimeter, nine by nineteen, which was the uh, one of the standard cartridges in use by the Commonwealth at the time. Um, 
the Australians didn't really want to use uh, the British Sten or um, Lanchester submachine guns. They wanted sort of their own thing that they could produce for themselves. And um, an Australian came up with it. Australian factories produced it, and they carried them well into the Vietnam War. So quick question. What what caliber was it originally chambered in? I've heard that they were originally developed in um, 45 and 38 or something like that. But as far as I know, all the production models were 9mm. According to the listener, it was actually originally done in 22, 22 long, but it did accept uh, 9mm, 45, and 38. Uh, so still outstanding that you knew what the Owen gun was. None of us here had even heard of it. Isn't that amazing? 21 years old. And my first question was like, was it Austria versus Australia? Because <laughs> I would have, if I lived in Austria, I would have just got a whole bunch of kangaroos in the back of my pickup truck and <laughs> fought with them. So, but no, good job. Yeah. What do you got, Ursula? You got a question for him? Can you think of no, one? I couldn't think of one. A caliber now question. you're shocked. I know. He's so good. I'm like, man. Dude, he's unbelievable. Well, at least I know he's not versed in Australian guns, so I guess I'm going to go research. <laughs> like <laughs> There's one one question to be to be asked about Australian guns, and and he got it. The fact they had guns still amazed me. Well, that in <laughs> right? itself. All right, buddy. Hey, as always, great job. How's everything going back there? Um, in terms of weather, or in terms of the political situation? Well, maybe a little both. Uh, well, it's uh, spring is finally in the air, so we're starting to get weather that re- that resembles your coldest winter days out there. Um. <laughs> And as for politics, uh, people are kind of freaking out, and there's been a little, a little bit of the panic buying ramping up, uh, which is a lot of fun seeing as we've had that going on in Virginia, at least nonstop since November 2019. So what are Virginians going to do when they have to go through uh, background checks for every transfer? Well, the thing is, we've had to do that in our state since July 1st of last year. Oh, that's right. And... All the- and I, oh, no, wait a minute. So I'm assuming there's been an uprising and you guys all pushed back and organized and now everything is going to change, right? Is that is that what's happening? Absolutely not. Yeah, really? Everyone what a who got irritated about it has just been grumbling, oh, I'm going to move to North Carolina. <laughs> Instead of staying and fighting like you should. Everybody grumbling about it is just irritated by it, and now they're going to leave Virginia. Well, that all sounds so. very, very familiar. Doesn't it, mm. though? All right, my friend. Well, awesome job, Sam. Absolutely. Take care and say hi to the family. Thanks, and uh, as always, thanks very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. All right, buddy. You rock, man. All right, now it's time for this week's Mic Drop. Mic Drop. All right, Sarah Jacobs. She is a uh, Congress member here in San Diego. As we talked about, H.R. 8 passed the House of Representatives and is on its way to the Senate. If passed, it will require background checks for all transfers of firearms, much like we have here in California. Now, it is important to note that this only requires the law abiding to go through background checks. Criminals don't have to follow the laws. Local Congress member and Qualcomm princess Sarah Jacobs proudly voted for it. Whoever she pays to run her Twitter posted that, quote, it's time for Congress to end gun violence. So is Congress committing gun violence? If they are, I strongly agree they should end it. Otherwise, what legislation could a Congress pass that will change someone's soul and evil intentions? Because that is what we are talking about here, isn't it? 
We're talking about people killing others with a gun, but not in self-defense. So Sarah thinks that making law-abiding people who are selling guns to law-abiding people go through a background check will end gun violence. Not slow it down, not lessen it, but end it. That's at least what whoever she pays uh, to run her Twitter said. Remember what we're talking about here. This bill doesn't stop criminals from buying a gun. That's already illegal. It doesn't stop people from selling a gun to a criminal. That's already illegal. It doesn't force people who are buying a gun from a dealer to go through a background check. That's already a law. It doesn't force dealers to run background checks on new gun buyers at gun shows. That already exists. The way Sarah is quote-unquote ending gun violence is forcing people who can legally own a gun to go through a government-implemented background check to sell a gun to someone who can legally own a gun. So a farmer selling a shotgun to another farmer in Nebraska or a veteran in Florida selling a revolver to his cousin, maybe a homemaker in Wisconsin who wants to sell her gun to her best friend because it's the perfect size for her to carry to protect herself. That's what we're truly talking about here when we're talking about expanded background checks. Sarah Jacobs is one of the shrill, glass-breaking voices who's been shouting about following the science all through COVID and global warming before that. But what about this time? Multiple scientific studies have all come up with the same conclusion. Background checks have no effect on violent crime. Ludwig and Cook, who are scientists, found in a 2000 study that the 1994 Brady Act made no difference in homicide rates across the states that had laws comparable to those the Brady Act would impose, which originally uh, initially included both background checks and a waiting period, and states that experienced larger changes in the law when the Brady Act was implemented. The Monroe study, more scientists, in 2008 found that there was no impact on handgun homicides after states implemented background checks. The Laval study in 2013, even more science types, found that background checks had no impact on gun-related homicides nor homicides in general. These are just three of the many scientific studies where scientific scientists scientifically studied background checks using science and produced a scientific conclusion that background checks simply do not prevent evil people from doing evil things. Still, that doesn't stop Sarah, not for a second. She can go back to her constituents and lie about being effective. Uh, she can do all kinds of things uh, you know, to appease her, her family, her rich family that got her into office, uh, especially uh, brag to her mega-rich dad who bought her seat for her. Um, and she can talk about how she beat the NRA by, by uh, voting for this bill. But, Sarah, what you cannot do is look yourself in the mirror and honestly say you did something to help Americans or victims of crime or the families of those who are affected by that crime only to boost your own ego and political scorecard. And that is this week's Mic Drop. Mic Drop. Another great mic drop. Well, thank you, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. She's not exactly my favorite. No, she's not mine either. She she's was... brand new to Congress. Uh, you know, like I said, she's a, uh, a, uh, she inherited uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars from her grandparents and parents who – Started or one of the ones that started uh, Qualcomm. She beat a hardworking uh, uh, Latina woman who was in in office. Uh, she was uh, uh, on the city council, not necessarily somebody I agree with all the time, but she was somebody who was sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Gomez was her last name, and and uh, she beat her, stepped all over her with her millions of dollars, and now pretends to be somebody who's effective, pretends to understand what the uh, 
what's going on in Congress and frankly is uh, screwing up left and right. And I, I just can't believe I, th- I think it's just absolutely atrocious that uh, the voters were fooled by her and her millions of dollars. And uh, I hope her, her career in politics uh, goes away. I hope she gets bored and goes back to, uh, you know, whatever she was doing before, drinking and partying and whatever, being a princess. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, this, by the way, Ursula, fantastic having you. Joe, nice new jacket. Melissa, great gun review. And Mr. Mike Drop, you're the best. Well, thank you, Dave. You, All right. You as well. So, hey, if you're listening on YouTube or on the podcast, do us a favor, smash that like button and subscribe button and share the show with your friends. And please go into any of all of our sponsors. And, and don't forget before you leave, thank them for sponsoring this show because without it, we wouldn't be able to give you all of this information that we do every single week for 249 shows. San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, the Dillon Law Group, CO1, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, and the National Concealed Carry Association. And thanks to our very, very special guest again, Ursula Williams, Sam the Gunman, and our digital maestro, Brendan Thomas, Joe Germisi, and Melissa Lee. And don't forget, go to gunownersradio.com for the podcast and the latest information. And always remember, together we will make a difference. On FM This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.